are in our last message in this series of the armor of God, and one of the things we've been learning is that there's a whole world that's unseen, and God is in the business of saving us from the attacks of our unseen enemy. And this morning, I'm so glad you're here, especially if there's anything going on in your life that you need God to change. Because you know what, we, it's so easy for us to get focused on this physical realm, what we can touch and see and feel and smell and all that stuff. But it's not about this. It's not about what we see. There's an unseen realm and God is in the business of saving us. So would you pray with me just before we move on this morning? Ah, Lord, thank you for the promises that we have from your word that you save us. And today we are crying out to you today. Each of us, Lord, from some place of brokenness, whatever it is, we're asking you to save us today from the attack of the enemy, from the, the blues of just things not going well, Lord, from physical ailments, Lord, from financial setbooks, setbacks. God, save us. And most importantly, Lord, We're calling upon you to save us from our unseen enemy, Lord, that would like to steal and kill and destroy. We're saying no to the designs of the enemy because you are saving us. And we're so grateful and we want to praise you and worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Better run, devil. All right, I'm glad that you're here. Any Crowder fans in the house today? Yeah, me too, me too. All right. How many of you remember playing dodgeball in about third or fourth grade? Anybody dodgeball players? All right. Uh, any, anybody else in the room still traumatized from dodgeball in the third or fourth grade? Yep. This is how it worked for me. Whenever we played dodgeball in grade school, it would start with the schoolyard pick. Remember how that works? You know, they take the biggest guy and, and, and two biggest guys and they pick teams. Guess who was the last one always picked? In, yep, I've got a few other people along with me. I was always the last one picked along with, you know, some wimpy little girl. But I was like, all right, yeah. So, but I was, I was like after the wimpy little girl. That's how wimpy I was. Uh, but then the next thing that would happen is we'd form teams and we'd, they'd start throwing the dodgeballs and guess who got targeted first? That was me. So I was always the last one picked and the first one out. And it was like, I had this perpetual target on my chest and that's just kind of how it was. And this is a real picture of me and my sister. And yes, I am still wearing the same glasses for 40 years. But I always felt, you know, in, in, in my recollection, I remember these fourth grade boys, okay? And maybe you're just like me. There were fourth grade boys in my, in my class that were like bodybuilders and they had bulging muscles and biceps and they could throw fast and hard and that ball would smart like anything. And it was because these boys were so hulking. And this week I was thinking about it and I thought they were stinking fourth graders, you know? And in my mind, they were giant, huge guys. And I just always felt like there was an unfair advantage. And, and there was something that just wasn't fair about dodgeball. Anybody else with me? Okay. How many of you were the winners in dodgeball and you picked on me? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. But today we're going to talk about an unfair advantage that takes place in the spiritual realm. And I want to make sure that you are very aware of the unfair advantage that you uh, encounter in this spiritual battle that we're talking about. We're going to start in Ephesians 6.12 today. We've read this verse a number of times in this series, and here's what we read. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. When you read that verse, it can be really, really kind of scary, can't it? Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, darkness, evil. I mean, these are scary words. But we talk all the time about how Jesus defeated the devil uh, he, he died and rose again, and, and we talk about how the, fa- the fact that Satan is defeated. But the Bible teaches us in addition to being defeated, that Satan roams around the world. 1 Peter 5.8 says he prowls around 
like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so we kind of have this struggle. And the question that I want to ask today is this. If the devil still has power over this earth, how do you and I stand against him? Have you ever wondered that? If the devil still has power over this earth, how in the world do you and I stand against him? And the conclusion that we are tempted to draw is that the battle is unfair. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like in this big spiritual battle, the devil has a big old dodgeball and I've got the target on my chest. And it just seems like the battle is unfair. And maybe you feel like the battle is unfair. It seems like it's unfair when the cancer is winning. It seems unfair when the discouragement is winning, when the temptation is winning, when the depression is winning. And the truth is, friends, the battle is unfair. And Ephesians chapter 6 is going to show us how it's unfair. So I want to back up one verse now, and, and, and I want to go back to where we started in this series, uh, Ephesians 6.11, that says, put on the whole armor of God. That's what we've been talking about for eight weeks. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with Claudia Gettle. She's right over here, and Claudia is one of our glorious connectors. And, uh, and Claudia called me up one day. She'd been in a car accident. She was riding with her daughter, and they were rear-ended. And this is, Claudia, the third accident you've been in now, like, like this. And, and the first two accidents, you know, messed up her neck and her back, and she's having some troubles. And now a third accident, and she's in a back brace. And you're, you're rocking it, though, Claudia, that back brace, you're rocking it. Um, but she called me up, she called me up, and she said, Pastor Russ, I am wearing the armor of God. I'm wearing, well, no, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> But she said, Pastor Russ, why is this happening to me? I'm wearing the armor of God, so why isn't God protecting me? That was her question to me. Why isn't God protecting me when I'm wearing my spiritual armor? And and maybe you felt like the battle is unfair, like, like Claudia. But we've talked about all these pieces of armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes for your feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And now today, in this last message about God's armor, we're going to read one more verse, and this verse is going to show us how the battle is unfair. And hang with me for just a second. I want to read this verse to you, verse 18 from Ephesians 6, and then we'll talk about how the battle is unfair. Paul wraps up this section with this admonishment. He says, Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, And to that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And here's what I see in this verse. The battle is unfair. And it absolutely is unfair if you get cancer or if you succumb to temptation or if depression takes over, you get rear-ended for the third time in an accident. But here's the thing. The battle is unfair Because we have an unfair advantage. The battle is unfair because we have an unfair advantage. It isn't the devil with the big giant dodgeball. We've got the big dodgeball and and our spiritual enemy is the wimp. Okay? The battle is unfair and we have an unfair advantage. And the advantage that we have, according to this verse, is God has given us a secret weapon. He's given us a secret weapon. And I want you to take a look at this video clip real quick of James Bond, Agent 007, with his quartermaster, Q. Take a look at this. Q. 007. Ticket to Shanghai. Documentation impossible. Thank you. And this. Off the PPKS 9mm short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip. Encoded to your palm prints only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. And this? 
standard issue radio transmitter. Activate it and it broadcasts your location. Distress signal. And that's it. Gun. And radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Are you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really go in for that anymore. All right, so today, God has given you a secret weapon, and today I'm going to be Q, you're going to be 007, all right? And I'm going to reveal to you the secret features of the secret weapon of prayer. Your secret weapon is prayer. Now, I'm kind of making this up today. Paul didn't use uh, an armor metaphor okay, for prayer. He just came right out of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and went right to prayer. I'm just going to run with this weaponry metaphor, and I'm going to say this is a secret weapon, and it's got some awesome powers that you can employ against the devil. So uh, if you're 007 today, say I'm ready. All right, here we go. Let me give you three secret weapon features. The first one is this. Your secret weapon has a rapid fire feature. Your secret weapon has a rapid fire feature. I want you to think machine gun. Think artillery that never runs out. Can you imagine a battle in which one person has a bow and arrow and the other person has a machine gun? Who's going to win? The machine gun's going to win, obviously. And Paul tells us that the devil is lobbing flaming arrows at us. But listen, you've got a secret weapon that has artillery that never runs out. This is the feature of your secret weapon. And the prayer that Paul is talking about here, this weapon that you have, he says is praying at all times. Praying at all times. And listen, this is a different kind of prayer than we think about a lot of times. I think a lot of us think about prayer as just something that we do as a compartment in our day. Men especially, we like to compartmentalize things, right? And it's like we've got this little drawer and we pull it out and we take out the prayer list and it's got a list of things we need from God. So we tell God, I need this and I need this and bless this. And you know, we go through the grocery list and then we put the list in the box, we close the drawer and we, and we close the compartment for the day. And that's prayer. But what Paul is describing is so much bigger than a compartment of prayer that takes a few minutes out of your day. He says, pray at all times. Pray at all times. And what he's describing is a kind of a prayer that is an uninterrupted connection with God. An uninterrupted connection with God. I was thinking about what keeps me connected. And the first thing I think of is my cell phone, all right? Have you ever lost your cell phone? Do you know what that feels like when you've lost? In fact, we, we have these things at the ready all the time, right? If I ask you to show me your cell phone, how long will it take you? Let, show me, right, right? Okay, they're going up all over. Because we've got them right here, right? And how do you feel when you lose your cell phone? Isn't it like all the air to the room is sucked out? You know, I mean, it's like, Ugh! or even worse, if you drop your phone in the toilet, and you know that you're not going to get a replacement phone for 48 hours, I mean, that's just, Ugh! why? Because this connects you to everything, right? I mean, think about all the ways you're connected with this thing. This connects you to your spouse. It might connect you to your kids. It connects you to your boss. It connects you to your secretary. It, it connects you to your email. It connects you to text messages. It connects you to Facebook. Oh, God, don't let me miss out on Facebook for an hour. Um, it, it connects you to the weather. It connects, I mean, everything, right? You're connected. And the reason half of you had it in your, in your hand when I asked you to raise it is because we want the connection all the time. And when the connection is lost, the air is sucked out of the room. And this is really what Paul is talking about when he says pray at all times. He's talking about an uninterrupted connection. And it's so different than a compartment that we pull out a drawer and put it back. It, it, it's the kind of a connection where I don't need to conjure up God's presence. I don't have to go through adoration and confession and thanksgiving. And I, I, I don't have to do that because I am just aware that God is right here all the time. And I'm not dissing other kinds of prayer or that anacronym. I've taught that anacronym before. But, uh, but what Paul is talking about is a constant presence of God that we cultivate, an awareness of constant prayer. And when I am praying at all times, the battle changes 
Because I don't have to find my secret war room to go into or do any kind of spiritual gymnastics to conjure up God's presence. When I feel an attack of the enemy, I can immediately pick up my conversation with God. I can say a word, I can say a phrase, and I know Jesus is doing battle with me right now. It's like a machine gun that never runs out of artillery. This is the first great feature of your secret weapon is that this is... Uh, this is uh, rapid fire prayer all the time, praying at all times. I kind of got on a roll and lost my place. Let's talk about number two. The second feature of your secret weapon is that it has a remote control feature. Has a remote control feature. I want you to think drone aircraft. Think a weapon controlled from a distance. The image here on the center screen is a Predator drone aircraft that the American military uses uh, to target uh, different targets that are dangerous for an actual pilot to fly to. And this is an amazing thing. I learned about this just this week. Do you know that this aircraft is controlled? No matter where this aircraft is flying and bombing in the world, this aircraft is, is controlled in Las Vegas, Nevada remote controlled, all right? And Paul is telling us to keep alert, he says, with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And another version says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What's he talking about? He's talking about those times when we do battle on behalf of someone else, okay? It's when somebody is going through a struggle and they need my prayers. It's when you're going through a struggle and you need prayer support. It's like a remote control feature of a bombing machine that goes after the hounds of hell and we stand together against the enemy even if we aren't standing in the same room. Do you know you can pray for somebody on the other side of the world and you can do spiritual battle on their behalf even though you don't even know where they are or what's going on. It's the remote control feature of your secret weapon. Listen, there's times when I need people to intercede for me. There's times when I realize that, hey, the battle is intense, the battle is heavy, and I call on people to pray for me when I'm having a tough time. And, and, and there are times, I'm sure, in your life when, when you just need prayer support. You might not even be aware of it, but this is something that we need to rely on with other believers, that they will pray for us and we will pray for them. There's times when we wake up in the middle of the night and we don't know why. Has this ever happened to you? Okay. And, and, and my habit is when I wake up in the middle of the night, I just get mad because I want to go back to sleep. My sleep is valuable, right? So I, I grab my phone, put my headphones in, and I'm trying to lull myself back to sleep. But since I've been studying this stuff, I've just been challenged in my spirit that maybe God wants me to pray for somebody in the middle of the night. And and let me just throw that out to you. Maybe when you wake up in the middle of the night, God wants you to pray, maybe not even for yourself, but for someone else. Why? Because your weaponry arsenal has a remote control feature and it's powerful against the enemy. Here's the third feature of your secret weapon. I love this one. This is the superpower feature. The superpower feature. I want you to think mushroom cloud. Think hydrogen bomb dropped on all the forces of hell. Can you imagine the power of wiping out all of hell with your secret weapon? I believe that this is the power of of prayer and what Paul describes as praying in the spirit. Paul says, pray at all times in the spirit. Last time we talked about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we talked about uh, how we need the Holy Spirit to remind us of what scriptures to speak against the enemy and how we can vanquish the attacks of the enemy by speaking the word of God, the rhema word of God. But it comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. And prayer is the same way. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit to have supernatural power. Let me take you to a passage in Romans chapter 8 that is also written by the Apostle Paul, just like Ephesians 6. And in Romans 8, we read this. 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Say the word helps. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And then this is the part I love. And the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Would you say that out loud? According to the will of God. When the Spirit prays, he prays according to the will of God. So what does Paul mean when he says pray in the Spirit? Well, we learn a lot from this verse here in Romans chapter 8, and there's a couple of things I want to highlight for you. First of all, what he's talking about is learning to hear the Holy Spirit prompt your prayers. Learning to be aware of how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you so he can guide you in prayer. Somebody this week asked me, how does that work? Well, I believe that every, every follower of Jesus can learn to hear God speak. We can learn to hear God speak, and sometimes it takes practice. I think sometimes we get a little nervous when, when we talk about God speaking because we're like, well, you're hearing voices in your head again, you, you know, that kind of thing. But, but we learn to discern what's God. Sometimes we think, well, that can't be God because that's just too weird. Maybe it's the pizza I ate last night, okay? But with, with practice, we learn to hear. It's like that, that still small voice that you hear in your head and you can't shake it, okay? And, and, and with practice, you begin to learn, hey, that's not just pizza. That's the Holy Spirit guiding me into prayer. And when we cultivate that kind of an awareness and that kind of listening skills to the spiritual world, the Holy Spirit will prompt us how to pray. And what happens? We pray according to the will of God. Have you ever wondered why you pray and pray and pray and never get what you pray for? It's possible that the answer to your prayer is no. But if you're praying according to the will of God, because the Holy Spirit is telling you what to pray, what's going to happen? The answer is going to be, right? Right? That's the power of praying in the Spirit. We pray according to the will of God. And he prompts us how to pray. But there's another layer to this that I think is really beautiful that I want to share with you. Another way that we can pray in the Spirit, another way that the Holy Spirit prompts our prayer is by praying in another language, a supernatural language, that the Holy Spirit births in us. The New Testament calls this speaking in tongues, and you've probably heard that term. You may or may not know what that is. But 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 describes this in detail, and if you're new to this, I'd encourage you to read those three chapters. Uh, But when we pray in this supernatural language, what happens is the Holy Spirit gives us a miraculous language that we can pray to God. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I've heard about speaking in tongues and I know that it always has to be interpreted, so that's a big problem for me because I'm not a a tongues interpreter, right? And, and, And here's what you need to know, just in a nutshell. There's a difference between the gift of tongues, which is a ministry gift, all right, that edifies other believers. And that always has to be interpreted because nobody can understand your, your gibberish if you're just talking to somebody in tongues. So the gift of tongues needs to be interpreted. But what I'm talking about is praying in tongues. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. Praying in tongues. It's like an uninterrupted conduit between me and God. Paul says that this language is just, it's language that I'm speaking to God. In fact, there's a verse up here Uh, that I'll read with you. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, that's the supernatural language, does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries in the Spirit. And it's this powerful, beautiful thing because the Holy Spirit is praying through me and I'm praying according to the will of God. Now, this happened to me this week. I had a really awesome experience in our connection group on Wednesday night. We've got a pretty big group of people, and we always have a good time. And uh, at the end of our group meeting, we always uh, finish by praying for the needs of other people. So we went around the circle, and, and different people shared their prayer requests, and then we began praying. And different people were leading out in prayer, and uh, I was sitting right next to my wife, Chris, and she began praying for one of the needs. And while Chris was praying, I became deeply aware 
that somebody else in our group who had not shared a prayer request was deeply troubled. And I, I really wanted to pray for this person. And I didn't have the words to pray. I didn't know what the need was. I had, I had no clue what it was about. And so I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to begin praying in this uh, tongues language, this supernatural language. And so while Chris was praying in English, I just began to pray in my prayer language. And I wasn't vocalizing anything. I was just moving my lips and my tongue and, and, and praying this prayer that, that God prays through me frequently. And when Chris finished praying in English, I felt like uh, I could pray in English for this need. So then I prayed in English a little bit. And, and it just felt like there was a real uh, spiritual, powerful thing that happened that night. But I didn't talk about anybody with it. I didn't share it with any, anybody. But the next morning, I got a text on my phone, and it was from the young man that I was praying for. And he texted me, and he said, Pastor Russ, thank you for praying for me. I needed that prayer so desperately that night. And, and it really strengthened me. And I was encouraged because I knew that the Holy Spirit had birthed something that made a difference in somebody's life. I didn't understand it. I didn't have an interpretation. I didn't need one because the Holy Spirit was praying according to the will of God. And so this is a, a, an awesome feature of your secret weapon, the superpower feature. And so that, this is why I say that this is like a secret weapon. When Paul says, I can pray at all times in the Spirit, I understand it to mean that I am so connected to the Spirit that I can hear him tell me what to pray. And when my words run out, he will give me another language to pray. And when that runs out, friends, listen, this is awesome. He is still praying for me. The Spirit is praying all the time with groanings too deep for words, and he's praying according to the will of God. So you want to know what the unfair advantage is? It's rapid fire, remote control, super powered prayer. That's your secret weapon. But let me tell you why this is even possible. It's possible because of Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus prayed constantly, He prayed early in the morning, He prayed late at night, He prayed for His disciples. He prayed for you and me. Did you know that? John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for the people who loved him. He prayed for the people who hated him. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying, he prayed one last prayer. One of his disciples, Matthew, records that prayer. It says this, at about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is Aramaic. And the translation of that phrase is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Let me tell you what's happening here. Jesus was always connected to God. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And the power of Jesus' prayer was always his connection to the Father. But on the cross, Jesus was taking on the sins of all humankind. He was taking on my sins. He was taking on your sins. And he was suffering the penalty of those sins. He was suffering the wrath of God. And his last prayer before he died, was this sorrowful cry of abandonment. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And that prayer was uttered for you and me. Because listen, this is what happened. Jesus was disconnected from the Father. So you and I could be reconnected to the Father. Do you hear how powerful this is? Jesus was disconnected from the Father. He took on the wrath of God so that you and I could be reconnected to the Father. I, I was sharing this with a friend of mine this week and she asked me, why would I want to trust a God who would turn his back on his own son? Fair question. Good question. 
You want to you know, know what the answer is? The answer is Jesus took God's wrath once and for all. And none of us will ever have to fear God's wrath. Ever again. Because Jesus was disconnected so we could be reconnected. We will never be disconnected from God. That's his promise. Jesus took on the punishment for our sin so that we would never have to be punished. It's an awesome, awesome truth. And the reason that we can pray at all times and and cultivate this this, uh, continuous connection with God is because Jesus was the one who took the disconnection so we would never have to be disconnected. So when the enemy whispers in your ear, boy, you've blown it this time. God won't ever forgive you this time. You know what? That's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil. Because Jesus was disconnected, so we would never have to be disconnected. When the devil whispers in your ear, you you are too disgusting. God can't possibly love you because you revolt him. That's a lie from the devil. Because Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, so you could be reconnected to God for all time. It's a lie from the enemy that you're not good enough. Jesus took the not good enough on his shoulders. And when he died, he rose again. That connection with God was restored. And now we never have to fear his wrath again. Isn't that good news? That's the good news that motivates us to pray at all times in the spirit. Making supplication for all believers everywhere. So those are the great features of your secret weapon. How you doing, 007? You ready to go fight the battle? You're not amening very loud this morning. This is good stuff. Lock and load, I like it. That's awesome. Here's what I want to have happen this morning. I'm going to come back to next steps in just a couple of minutes. But I want us to pray right now. I, I, I have enjoyed sharing this message so much this morning. And and I hope that you're ready to go to prayer. Whatever is blocking your connection with God, let's let's let it go today. I'm going to pray that Jesus will just wash us, wash away every disconnection. We're going to start there. And then I'm going to pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for you today and me too. Then we're going to sing a song and then we're going to pray for our nation. Our nation is broken. Do you know how broken our nation is? Are you aware? I'm sure you are. And we're going to pray powerfully in the spirit for our nation. So um, why don't you put your things aside? Would you do that? And I'm going to ask you to do something with me this morning. And uh, if, you're, if you're uncomfortable participating, you are welcome to take a pass. That's just fine. But uh, this morning, if, if you want to come to Jesus with open hearts and open minds this morning, this is what I want to ask you to do. Would you just open your palms in a gesture of receiving from the Lord? Would you do that with me? And, uh, and by doing this, we're just saying, yes, God, I'm ready to receive all you have for me. And let's pray together. Jesus, this morning, I want to say thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for taking on my sins and the sins of every person in this room. Thank you, Jesus, for being the perfect sacrifice and enduring the wrath of God, the disconnection from God so that we could be reconnected to God. And this morning, Jesus, as we just open our hands to receive from you, the first thing I want to pray for everybody in this room, Lord, is that you will just wash us clean. We're so painfully aware, Lord, of how we're broken. And that brokenness sometimes makes us feel disconnected from God. Even though the Bible tells us really clearly he's always right here. But right now, Lord, as as we're receiving from you, we're just saying yes to the cleansing blood of Jesus, washing away every sin, every mistake, every rebellion. 
We're just asking you to take it away, Jesus. And Lord, we're ready to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And we say yes to everything the Spirit has for us. We pray, Lord, for the the Spirit to change us from the inside out. I pray that so often. It's what you do, Holy Spirit. You come in and you just begin to change our desires and change our thoughts and change our motivations. And today we're saying yes to the change of the Spirit. We're saying yes, Lord, to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help us pray. We want our prayers to be more and more effective. So Holy Spirit of God, come and and, and help us to learn how to hear you. Empower our prayers, Lord, to pray according to the will of God. Empower our prayers to, to be so effective, Lord, that when we pray, things shift in the heavenly realm. And we believe, Lord, that you've given us this unfair advantage so that we no longer have to be harassed by this enemy that came to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's a lion that has no teeth. We're not going to be scared by his roaring growls anymore. We're going to pray at all times in the Spirit, and we say yes to the empowerment of your Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, would you stand with us this morning? I want us to pray uh, to, to sing this beautiful song together. Uh, and once we do, we're going to go to prayer for our country. So hang with us, would you? But uh, let's sing and then we'll pray.
If you would please stay standing with us. Uh, I asked Kelly Hostetter to come and share with us this morning. Kelly emailed me on uh, Friday morning. And, uh, and Kelly, you were really deeply moved by the events of this week in our nation. Oh, man. And, uh, and you really felt like the Holy Spirit was birthing something that we as a church just needed to go to prayer for. Yeah, I, I, I kind, of, kind of smile right now because, you know, with the first service... We're breaking ground. At the second service, we benefit by what what the first group pushed through. So God always speaks a little differently. So I thought, boy, I bet pastor's really hoping I don't talk as long as I did the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, back to the to, to our nation, you know, um, yeah, I heard the news, and I have to tell you that I'm from, I'm from Wyoming and Montana. Rice has never been an issue, you know. Uh, but I was so grieved. And I was weeping, and I was like, God, what is this? What can we do? There's nothing we can do. And I was watching everyone posting, you know, on social media, and and the Holy Spirit just kind of arrested me and said, you know what, Kelly, I'm I'm all about, and this is important, I'm all about bringing up issues of injustice in a, in a nation. What I'm not about is division. Now, we can take a lot of issues that are unjust and twist it around, do a whole lot of chitty-chatting, and never find a solution because we aren't being who we are as the people of God. And God was, has been saying to me, he's been speaking to my heart, Kelly, I'm waking up the church. She's been sleeping. She's been sleeping. This is an opportunity for her to rise up and be who she is called to be. Now, it takes a responsibility. I'd, I'd made the comment earlier I, as, as Pastor was preaching. I'd heard this, this, this phrase and said, you know, <clears throat> the thing about battle is that it's a muddy and bloody business. You can wear all of your armor, but if you aren't in the game, it's going to stay nice and shiny. See, warring costs us something. God has always got our back, and he's got us the victory, but we still got to move. And so this, this mandate was going out in my heart, and he said, as a body, begin to pray. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. a body, begin to seek me. And, and in, in Second Chronicles 7.14, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will what their land? Heal. Heal it. This This is a call to action. See, we are not a passive people. We were never meant to be a passive people. And when God spoke to Solomon in that moment, he was, it, he was setting a precedence for wherever his presence is. If we seek him, he will hear us. We come humbly before him, yes, but, but the point is we seek him. My, 
I challenge you this week, rather than the first thing that you do, because, you know, I believe in the first fruits, the first fruits of our day, the first fruits of our earnings. So the first thing that you want to do, some things come out only by prayer and fasting. Let's fast some social media. Let's be a part of the solution. Let's stop all the talk. We are wrestling against principalities and powers that seek to divide our nation. But God, he loves our nation. Mm -hmm. He's in a good mood. He's got a plan for us that's great. We got to stop the enemy at the door. It starts within our own homes and and it happens here when we're gathered together. We're this is a mighty mm-hmm. army. Yes. There is there is I just I I mean man when an army stands up, you've seen the war movies, right? When they stand up to the battle call, their commander says, ready yourselves. They make a great sound. So my, my heart here and what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, remember who you are. Commit to praying and being a part of the, this army that is, we're overcomers, we're conquerors, and it's the power of Christ in us. And so we love our nation by praying for her. So let's pray. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Last week I shared with you the power of the rhema, the spoken word of God. And I'm going to start to pray, and I'm going to pray for America. And I want to ask you to not just pray silently, but would you pray out loud with me as I pray? Would you begin to pray? Use your language, use your, your English words. Pray powerfully, pray loudly, uh, because it's the rhema of God that really defeats the enemy. So let's pray using our words powerfully come against the enemy, all right? Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, this morning, we as the people of God, we are rising up to engage the enemy on behalf of our nation. God, we as Americans, we're broken. We're just so aware of the brokenness that is taking place in our nation. Lord, we have strayed so far away from the principles of of the Bible. We have strayed so far away. We are deeply mired in sin. And as people who are believers in Jesus, people who are committed to following Jesus, today, Lord, we want to stand in the gap. We want to be intercessors. That means we're going to pray on behalf of others who aren't praying for themselves. Maybe there's so many people that are even powerless to pray for themselves. So today, we're going to pray on their behalf. And in Jesus' name, Lord, we're saying we are repenting of sin in this nation. We are repenting, Lord, of those things that have caused the consequences in this nation of brokenness and bitterness and hatred. We're repenting, Lord, of racism. We're repenting of violence. We are repenting of all of these things that have gripped our nation and are bringing us into awful, awful division and destruction. And God, today we want to pray that you will heal us. Lord, forgive our sins and bring healing. We want to pray that the Spirit of God will begin to hover over this nation. And Lord, individuals will feel Jesus and see Jesus and hear Jesus and will come to Jesus. And Lord, we we, we want to pray that then we will enjoy the fruits of repentance, which is the blessing of God and the healing of God and the righteousness of God just poured out on our nation. Bring it, Lord God, we pray. And Lord, help us as your people to stand in the gap day after day after day praying for this nation that we love. We love this place. We love this people. This is our tribe. And God, we want to stand in the gap and pray for your blessing to return to our people that we love. We're one nation under God. Indivisible. Lord, help that to be a reality. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. People of God, say amen. Amen. Amen.
So be it, Lord. So be it, Lord, as we've prayed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing with us. All right, have a seat if you would. We'll wrap this up this morning. Let me give you your next steps. I want to give you some real practical things for how you can implement what I've shared with you today, how you can really engage your secret weapon of prayer, all right? And next step number one is I want to encourage you to try practicing the continual connection with God. And I, and I use the word try on purpose because this takes some effort. It takes some practice. You just have to try. You're not just going to today just decide I'm going to be aware of God's presence all the time. You're just going to have to work at it. But I want you to try and, and practice. Try some things. If you want to do a little bit of reading, there's a couple of great books. One is by Brother Lawrence who journaled his efforts at at being in God's presence all the time. And another one is a 20th century missionary, I believe, Frank Laubach, L-A-U-B-A-C-H. And he just journaled his life in trying to be aware of God's presence all day. It's helped me tremendously in my prayer life. And those are a couple of resources you you could try. But another thing that I want to encourage you to try is just finding a way to trigger an awareness of God's presence. And this was Jeff's idea. In our, in our work together this week, he created an image of Jesus that just says, can we talk? And we've made it our home screen image on our phone. And, uh, and Jeff and I both agreed, we're going to make this our home screen image on our phone. And we're just, we're just going to use this as a prompt. Whenever we pick up our phones and we see that image, before we do whatever we went to do, we're just going to spend a moment saying hi to Jesus. Okay. And that image, we've posted it on our Connect Church Facebook page. So if you want to download it and use it as a home screen image on your phone, you can use that and join us in this effort to just practice the constant presence, the constant connection with God. Just, just an idea for you to use. Here's number two. I want to encourage you to really become an intercessor, which means praying for other people. Start praying for other people. And, and maybe you already do that. And if that's the case, then here's what else I want you to do. Ask for prayer for yourself. This is one of the hardest things. I have the hardest time telling people what I need them to pray for me for. But I know I'm not strong enough in my, on myself. I need you to pray for me. And you need other people to pray for you. So share those things with people who can lift you up. And then thirdly, seek the Holy Spirit's power. I didn't have time this morning to to really unpack everything there is to know about this prayer language that I made reference to or to all the things about the life of the Spirit. But we've got a a wonderful prayer team that meets right here in this building at 5 o'clock every Sunday. And if you want more of the power of the Holy Spirit or if you want to receive a prayer language to pray in, uh, they would love to pray through that with you. 5 o'clock every Sunday they're here and they they pray over all the prayer cards, but they also love to pray for anybody that just shows up and, and wants to pray through anything. So make yourself available to that if you want to go deeper, all right? And with that, this is Q signing off, 007. Go get them, okay? Go get them.